hey, welcome everyone. Thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, today's a great morning. I know, like, just of, of our people here at this church, we are in, uh, we're in Hawaii. We're in, uh, we're on the Oregon coast right now. We're in Seattle right now. Uh, here we are today. I know some are heading out camping this afternoon. Uh, summer has, has come, hasn't it? I mean, it, it is here. Um, and, uh, we're excited. I just want to remind everyone, hey, when you're in town and available, join us and worship with us. Uh, but there is no guilt associated with families and vacations. We want you to go. We want you to make memories. We want you to do great things while you're out and about. So thanks for being here with us this morning. Speaking of travel, uh, last Sunday, Sarah, uh, myself and the girls, uh, were away on a trip. And, uh, and I, I hear things went well. Well, here I was excited to hear that. Uh, like she said, it was inter- it felt strange being away. We've been in for nine months now, invested in these rhythms, and so we were we were away for our first Sunday, and um, we went to North Carolina to Charlotte, and we met with the church there called the Providence Road Church of Christ, and a, a neat church of about six hundred people um, that uh, that that brought us out uh, to talk with us about the mission of the Vine Church and what we're doing, and and to further consider partnership. It was an interesting process because they had given a, a one-time gift of ten thousand dollars at the beginning of the year to the church, and um, and we weren't. Sure sure how it would develop. We, we, we met with them on Skype and things like that um, to talk about, you know, our, our vision and, and our plans and our goals. And, um, and, and as they brought us out every day leading up to the trip, the language kind of shifted more towards like partnership you are in instead of, uh, you know, we thought we were going for more of an interview process. And so they announced this to the church, our church, as kind of a sister organization and church that they'll be supporting financially, that uh, they're Administrative staff will be um, uh, helping us in, in our processes of incorporation. 501c3, we're already incorporated, by the way, don't worry. Um, uh, 501c3, their administrative staff is supporting in that. Um, they'll be uh, sending out some scouting teams, and the next summer sending out mission teams to work alongside us here in the Tri-Cities. Uh, so just some neat opportunity in that trip. Uh, we, we really felt blessed by the opportunity uh, to know them and, and to walk with them, and, and that they care deeply about church planning. You know, any partnership. Uh, should and, and it should be reciprocal on some level, and I think that we have some really neat things to offer a church like theirs. In that, you know, church planting. This is kind of the pioneering, exploratory wing of Christendom, of of, of faith, and so um, they're really excited to walk with us through this journey and consider what church planting there in, in Charlotte and North Carolina will look like for them years from now. So, really blessed. Thanks. Uh, uh, we we just we're so grateful to them uh, for all that they've done. And, uh, and for a future partnership together. You know, it, it was an interesting experience there because uh, about a year ago, Sarah and I um, were working on raising funds to start the church, and fundraising is the last thing on earth I ever wanted to do. And in fact, I wondered if I would ever go on the mission field or anything like that because of just the fear of having to ask people for money, raising funds to start a church. And, and, uh, but we were doing it a year ago, and it was interesting. We, we had all sorts of um, theology and philosophy that revolved around church and, and church planting. But in North Carolina and Charlotte this last week was the first time we were speaking to an entirely new audience and, and not describing what could be, though there's still a lot of could be and things to come in this church, but describing who, who we are 
You know, it became a little bit real for us as, as we shared with them just what's happening in our church, the ways we're serving and engaging in our community. And I wanted to take just a couple extra minutes this morning as we talk about our, our course forward. Like, what does this look like as a church? What are we headed towards? And so this summer, we have a, a couple focuses. Um, in July and August, we'll be holding uh, just vision gatherings. And, and that's an opportunity for us to come together as a church and less about us sharing vision with the church and people and more about... In, in community sharing vision, what could be? And, and what's my place in this? Where do my passions, uh, interests, and abilities lie? And, 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 and how can I participate with those, you know, not stretched outside to something entirely new, but where do my passions lie? And, and how, can, how can that come together uh, to further what God is doing here? Um, we'll be uh, holding a couple um, trainings for our branches. Uh, we, we've, we've, uh, our small groups, our missional communities are on break during the summer, and we're going to hold a couple of trainings. We hope that you'll come and join us, uh, whether you're planning to lead a branch or just participate in them. Come hear kind of the philosophy behind what we're trying to accomplish. And as we launch our branches in the fall, our goal is that each one of them launched with a missional focus. So the last few weeks, uh, some of you were out with us at Second Harvest. Some of you came to uh, Soul Soup with us, where uh, we fed homeless people and people in need uh, and, and sat at a table and shared a meal with them. Um, some of you will be working with us at Jubilee uh, next week. And, um, uh, and, and uh, so the goal of all that is to expose us to opportunities to serve and engage here in the Tri-Cities around us, that, that our branches be launching points for us in real ways, helping and, and healing and, and, and living life alongside people um, that, uh, that we care deeply about without strings attached, but just a desire to serve and to love. In the fall, uh, we'll be starting uh, um, First Steps luncheons. That's a, a way of orienting new people into the church about our vision. Um, we'll be kicking off um, uh, monthly branch leader meetings uh, to keep us in, in communication and to share successes and, and vision together. And then uh, October, uh, the first week in October, that's our one-year anniversary as a church. And so we're about nine months into this journey, uh, excited for that celebration. We'll have a big meal for um, our, our church one of those evenings during the week. And then that Sunday will be dedicated to just celebrating that we are a year into this process. So big things coming up. Just thanks for being here. We, we so appreciate an opportunity to live life together, to know each other, and uh, to continue to explore what God's inviting us into and what, what God's calling us to. You know, um, uh, we're going to talk today about gratitude. Sarah mentioned that. We're going to talk about thankfulness. We'll be in Luke chapter 17, verse 11. If you want to turn there or open up the, the Bible app, it's in events there um, on version, or we'll have the scripture ahead and up, up above in a minute as well. But Luke chapter 17, verse 11, and it speaks about thankfulness, about gratitude. And Now, this is an interesting subject for me. Um, we'll, we'll do that. Yep. Um, uh, this is an interesting subject for me, uh, thankfulness, because I, I always felt like I was a gracious, a, a thankful person. Um, but after getting married, um, I learned a whole new level and depth of gratitude, of thankfulness. Um, so it turns out that uh, it's, it's kind of a vicious cycle of thankfulness. Um, when someone gives a gift, apparently I'm learning new rhythms in which um, not only do you thank the people for giving a gift, you know, if it's Christmas or your birthday or something like that, but then often you'll write a thank you card 
and you'll mail it to a family member that lives maybe just a few doors down from you, right? And you'll mail a thank you card. And then there's, there's this obligation or question, do I send a thank you card back for the thank you card I received from them? And it become, becomes this really interesting cycle that I'd never heard of or, or known anything of in my life. But, you know, there's, there's all sorts of level of, of gratitude. And I believe that gratitude, thankfulness, um, holds huge potential holds huge value in our lives. We're going to look at it from a biblical perspective, and then we're going to look at it just from a 21st century perspective, scientific um, and and business-minded perspective. What is the purpose of gratitude, and what does it accomplish in our lives? So let's begin here in Luke chapter 17, verse 11. It says this, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance, and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Some, some versions will say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. It's a fascinating little story. Jesus is doing what Jesus so often did as we, as we read, as we've been reading through the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Jesus lived and he ministered in the margins of society. So at this time, Jesus is traveling on the border between uh, Galilee and Samaria. So he is uh, rubbing up against Samaritan territory. Now, the Israelite people and the Samaritans despised each other at this time. Uh, there, was, there was no camaraderie or love shared between these peoples, especially the Jewish people uh, were critical of the Samaritans in the day. But Jesus will, will read frequently of him engaging Samaritan towns. Not only were these men that Jesus is going to come across Samaritans, but they were lepers as well. And leprosy in the first century referred to any type of skin disease. So today you, you might have heard of or seen extreme forms of leprosy today. That's not always what it referred to in the first century. It could have been any sort of skin disease or ailment. And, um, and when a person had leprosy, they were um, to be cut off from the Israelite people to protect the rest of the people. And so they were uh, sent to leper colonies. And in these colonies, you can imagine, disease just runs rampant, right? I mean, people are exposed to all sorts of things. But once a month, they could go to the priest. The priest worked kind of as the health uh, services for the Israelite people. And they could go to the priest, and if the priest declared them clean, then they were able to return to their their families and and to their jobs and to their homes. But were they not declared clean, uh, then they would go back to these leper colonies. You can imagine the hurt and despair and fear in the life of a leprous person. You can imagine the rejection they feel and experience as they're not allowed to be amongst their own, not allowed to be with their family, not allowed to do the things that they love, not allowed to work for their living. But instead, they're on the outskirts of town. And, and when a rabbi would come by, when a Jewish leader, a priest would come by, they would cry out, you know, have, have mercy on me. So on this day, Jesus is walking by. Notice they stood at a distance. It's a proper 
posture. And I think the posture is interesting in this story. Uh, it's not one of uh, confidence, of arrogance, of, of pride, of expectation, but instead from a distance, they call out, Jesus, have uh, mercy on us. I once heard a, a distinction made between um, mercy and grace, and we'll often use those words interchangeably. Um, but, but mercy refers to not receiving the punishment deserved, right? So mercy is when, uh, when I get pulled over and the police officer says, you were speeding. This has never happened, actually. This is all hypothetical. But the police officer says, you were speeding, but he says, I'm going to let you off with a warning. That was mercy, right? He, he, he has shown mercy. And, and often we'd say grace, but grace is, is, is another level. Grace is a, another thing beyond. See, grace is when uh, you get pulled over and he says you were speeding, uh, but you've also won the lottery and he hands you a check for $1,000, right? Now, now that's, it's above and beyond. It's not just the being let go of the punishments that's deserved, but instead the punishment is replaced with a gift. So we notice these, these lepers, uh, outcasts, down and out, discouraged people who come with a posture not of give me a gift, but just have mercy on me. You know, let me off, right? Let, let, and, and, and you'll notice also they don't specifically say to be healed. I think it could be assumed, but their, their request of this rabbi is simple. Their posture is humble. Just have mercy on me. Let go of some of the punishment and the hurt that I'm experiencing in life. And so they cry out to Jesus, have mercy on me. And so Jesus' response is fascinating in verse 14. Um, he says, go and show yourselves to the priest. Now, there's a very practical reason he would say that. They can't return to their homes until the priest has declared them king, uh, clean. So, so they need to go to the priest to be cleansed. But it's interesting where, as sometimes, Jesus would reach out and he would touch a leper and he would heal them of their leprosy, right? Sometimes he would perform a miracle that they could see and experience, look him in the eyes as he performed the miracle. Jesus responds a little bit differently in in this case. Instead, he says, okay, go and show yourselves to the priest. And it's after they've left him and on the way to see the priest that they're cleansed of their leprosy. And, and, and I ask myself, why is Jesus sending them off in this way? Why not heal them and then say, okay, now go? And, and, and I think, I think, I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking and praying about what, what's, what's different, what's unique about what Jesus is doing here. Um, he has invited them onto a journey that is bigger than simply the cleansing of their leprosy. He's inviting them in a process and a journey that is bigger than just being healed, okay? And, and so Jesus sends them off, and they're healed. And their story continues. For nine of them, they're cleansed of their leprosy, they go on their way, and they live life. But one man returns. One man realizes Jesus for something more than just a means to an end. One man realizes Jesus for, for, for more than just the source of healing, But he realizes Jesus as someone to believe in, someone to return to, that God deserves praise for what has been done here. The Samaritan man of all ten, one Samaritan is the man who returns. And Jesus and and Luke, as the author of this book, um, continually point to the marginalized, the down and the out, as often the source of, of true faith, is often the source of what God is doing in the world around them. 
This one man, the Samaritan, realizes that Jesus was more than just a means to an end. And so he returns and he falls at his feet. You know, I wonder if it's easier for the most hurting of people to find gratitude. As I begin to reflect on us today, I realize that uh, gratitude can be difficult because often we feel as though we've worked for what we've received. Right? Sometimes that gets in the way of being grateful for things. I want to take a few minutes and just look at gratitude from uh, a 21st century perspective. What is gratitude and, and what's its purpose? What, what's the result? What's the effect of gratitude in our lives? By gratitude, often we're referring to, to just the act of saying thank you. Right? That would be a simple way of understanding gratitude, saying thank you for something good. But from a scientific perspective, gratitude goes a lot deeper. And as gratitude has been studied uh, socially um, in the Western world, gratitude has been used, the, the term has been used in a, in a, in a number of different ways. It, gratitude can be an emotion. It can be a mood that we're in. Gratitude can refer to a moral virtue. Gratitude, gratitude can be a habit or a motive. It can be a personality trait. Uh, gratitude is re- referred to as a, uh, um, as, as a way of life. Gratitude covers a multitude of things that goes far beyond simply saying thank you for something that we received. Gratitude can be something much deeper inside of us. You know, as I, as I reflected on the story from this week, um, I noticed gratitude as an intentional act of will in this man, right? We could be grateful without doing anything about it, but he took it to another level as, as he was not just feeling grateful, but gratitude became an act of will, I read an article that talked about the two stages of, of gratitude this week. Uh, the first stage being acknowledging. So, so realizing there is something to be grateful for. And the second phase, uh, I, I wouldn't have thought of this on my own. I think it's intriguing. The second uh, phase in gratitude that they talked about um, was uh, realizing that this good that has been perceived, um, the source of it is at least partially outside of oneself. So let me say that again. First step, realizing good around us. That's, that's a part of gratitude. And the second is realizing that the source of that good is not entirely comprised within myself. Gratitude involves realizing goodness around us in the world. And I want to propose, and we'll go deeper on it, I want to propose that that realization that there is good in the world around me is healthy and is good and brings life to us. I read an article in Forbes magazine, which is an interesting source for an article on gra- um, gratitude because Forbes is all about articles on finance or industry or investing or marketing, right? This is a business journal. But Forbes had some interesting th- things to say on gratitude. Um, they, were, they were summarizing studies uh, that have been done over the course of many years on the subject of gratitude. And they spoke of how gratitude opens the door uh, to more relationships. I think that's pretty natural. I think we would all assume that if I am gracious towards the people around me, if I'm thankful and appreciative, then it will open doorways to, to more relationships. Um, they, they identified in this article that, that gratitude uh, improves physical health. Uh, from a study in 2012, and many studies have been done, I, I read quite a bit more on the subject, uh, but gratitude uh, changes, I mean, chemical makeup of our body, the way our bodies function. Like emotion can, either for worse or for better, gratitude has a powerful effect 
effect even on our physical health. Um, this article identified that gratitude improves our psychological health, which I think, again, we would almost assume, but it reduces toxic emotions like envy or resentment or frustration or regret that gratitude can overcome some of these emotions and things in life that are so often uh, tearing us down. In 2012, another study found that gratitude enhances uh, empathy and reduces aggression. I thought that's an interesting one. I, I, I can see, though, how gratitude would reduce aggression. Instead of having an angry state of mind, we're pulled to really the opposite of that realm. Uh, uh, grateful people sleep better. I thought that one was, was interesting. I'd like to sleep better. Last night, I would have liked to have slept better. Maybe I'm not grateful enough. I'm going to work on that today. Um, gratitude improves self-esteem, and gratitude increases mental health. Now, if I buy into this, which, which I do, it all seems logical, and the studies I read um, seemed uh, scientific. If I bought into this, this would say something powerful to me as a parent um, and, and for my household. Uh, this would tell me that gratitude is something I want to be fostering in the people around me something I want to be practicing myself and fostering in the people around me. Like, who wouldn't want their kids to sleep better at night, right? Okay, that's, that's maybe kind of gimmicky, right? But honestly, I want my children to be healthy physically and emotionally, and I truly believe that gratitude, learning to be thankful, learning to identify the things that we have to be thankful for, um, and then learning to express them, realizing they are outside of ourselves, but learning to express gratitude for good things in life can have a beneficial and a powerful effect in my life and, and in the lives of my children. So, so I, I want to invite us all to kind of consider ourselves in this realm. Are you a naturally grateful person? Are you by nature, just spend a minute reflecting personally, are you by nature someone who is just grateful for the things around you, appreciative of good things in life? Some of us are that way. Or are you someone who gratitude does not come naturally towards, that that frustration sometimes creeps in in life? Right? Some of us fall into that category as well. And I wouldn't say there's a right and wrong there, right? Some of us are inclined differently on this subject. But I would say for all of us in this room, to learn to practice gratitude, to be intentional about being thankful for things around us would be a healthy shift in life. So if, if I am someone who is naturally grateful, I think it's still vitally important that I take time to be intentionally grateful, to think about the things in life that I have to be grateful for. For those of us that are followers of Jesus, I think it's valuable to be grateful on two levels, to be grateful to God for good things in our lives, right? And it can be as simple as a sunset or a kind word, right? There's so many ways we see God's goodness and love. So to to be reflective, contemplative about what is God doing around me and to be grateful for it, but then also to be thankful of people around us, right? To, to learn to live lives of thankfulness. I know um, when, uh, when a waiter brings drinks to our table, um, our daughters always say thank you. They look them in the eye and they, and they say thank you. And that's something that, that we felt like was important, that we encouraged them to do, that they learned to do at a young age. And it's interesting to see the, the face of people light up 
when uh, even a child knows how to say thank you. See, these are valuable skills, not just for ourselves, but for the world around us as we learn to be appreciative, as we learn to be grateful. Let's, let's roll one more slide there. Um, and, uh, and I want to talk about, uh, hit one more, I think. Um, I want to talk about two ways to practice gratitude then, this week as we conclude. Um, gratitude towards people around us and then gratitude uh, in, in, in our family, in our community settings. Um, I, I want to propose this as just an idea. If you'd like a way to foster a little bit more gratitude in your household and your life, uh, this is something Sarah and I are gonna, gonna do in the week ahead. Um, we're gonna use these sentence starters as conversations around a meal. And if that could happen every evening, that's great. And if it could happen twice a, a week, that would be wonderful as well. But we're gonna invite our girls into a process where we practice gratitude, where we start a sentence for them and allow them to finish it. Today I'm grateful for. Today, I'm, I'm thankful for this. And, and let them talk about what they're thankful for on that day. Um, I appreciate this in my life. Uh, the best part of my day was, again, we're identifying good things that are happening in our lives around us, and it changes the way we think, and it changes so much of who we are. Uh, I felt joyful when, or I will show my gratitude by. Right? We consider what is something we can do in life to show gratitude, thankfulness to the people around us. I want to invite you to this. Um, Jesus speaks in the story of gratitude. We, we read of Jesus' surprise that more people weren't coming and thanking him. And so as, for those of us that are followers of Jesus, as followers of Jesus, gratitude towards God is important. It's something that we should consider. And yet for all of us, I believe gratitude is a subject, uh, thankfulness is a subject that holds value for each of our lives. I'd like to invite us in the week ahead to, to, to spend time reflecting on goodness around us and being grateful for the good things in our lives. Let's pray about that. Father, thank you for this day. I thank you for this time we have to come together. Father, we have uh, many things to thank you for. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for relationship. We thank you for opportunity um, uh, to, to, to live life with you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. And Father, we thank you. Uh, I thank you for this church, for friends and for people um, invested, Father, in, uh, in what you're doing in the Tri-Cities. Father, so many things to be thankful for. Father, we thank you for being uh, beautiful sunsets. We thank you for kind words from people around us. And Father, I pray that you will help us um, to be grateful, to realize goodness around and outside of us. And and Father, uh, to be appreciative, to be thankful for the good things in our lives. Father, will you show us um, the kind of healing and peace and focus that comes in a life of gratitude. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.